Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. So all of this other stuff is just smoke. It's nothing. Who cares where he went? At the end of the day, he's going to Arizona State. And there's no rule that would change the end dynamic. SI's Ross Dellinger. And it doesn't matter what the state law is in a lot of ways because nobody is prosecuting. No no state is going to, is has, has enforced this. No state has prosecuted their own, is going to prosecute their own public school and put their own public school in their political careers in jeopardy. And SI's Pat Forty. Georgia is where it is and Florida is where it is because of recruiting success and recruiting failure. And so if you want to go go at the Bulldogs, that's the only way to get there. Start getting some of these guys. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. I welcome the pod signing day, the official national signing day has come and gone. It's actually a period of time. So I think there's still a, stra- <laughs> a straggler or two. The start of the real signing day. Not the early signing day. This used to be such a big thing. We've we've yeah. lamented this in the past. We don't have to go through it again. But please bring it back to February and give college football a chance to hype something up. Yeah. I forgot it was signing day. I woke up <laughs> and really literally forgot it was signing day. And used to never forget it was signing oh, day. Heck no. Been planning, thinking about it for weeks. And yeah. No, I, I did the same. I, I saw a tweet at like 8 a.m. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, that's today. They had an AD push back on the, the need for the February signing day to return. And, and I, I obviously, they're, they're going to do – they seem like they're interested in doing this because as we talked, I think Greg Sankey got behind this idea, right, uh, Ross? He did. There's too yeah. much going on in December, right? doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and and it was a big. It's it's been a talking point for like a year now. I remember being in the National Football Foundation stuff in Vegas last year, so it'd be like tw- December twenty twenty one, and it was a pretty big talking point about them potentially moving early signing day or getting rid of it or something. And so typical NCAA, right? That's been that's been thirteen fourteen months, and we haven't really had any movement on it. Um, so. <laughs> So I know it became a big a big story again this year, this past December again. Like Sankey went on record about it. I, you know, 
I'll believe it when I see it because nobody can agree. You know, there's some coaches who want it to be moved up to like June, July or August. There's some coaches who want it back to January. There's some people, administrators who want to get rid of it altogether. Like nobody seems there's nothing doesn't seem to be a consensus. Yeah, the quote from Sankey that I remember was we're crushing our coaches. And I think if, if Sankey's behind it, I'll give it a chance to actually happen. Who knows? It may take four years, but. Well, we've discussed they are crushing their coaches. And yeah. uh, the, one of the things I just think is, A, you got to figure out the transfer portal. Uh, let that run through. Kids have to transfer in that December window because they want to get in to enroll in school as early as whenever school starts for some of these schools, like January 3rd, right? So you got to do it then. And I also think you may curb your number of transfers, which is a stated goal of these guys. Right. If you can actually, I mean, like if you're thinking of transferring and you can't talk to your coach because he's off in, you know, Florida recruiting somebody, then you just slink out of town. It's a lot. Of, maybe you just want a meeting and talk to him and be like, yeah, I still believe in you. This is how we're going to, you know, just the whole thing's bad. Anyway, uh, they'll have 43 committee meetings, all of them at the Palm Vista Hotel in um, <laughs> Boca Raton. And, uh, the Ritz Carlton. Yeah. 2028. We'll get the Breakers or whatever. We'll host. Where's Condi? Get Condi on the committee. We need to figure out when. I mean, this should really take like a, a, a conference call. Yeah, it should. The problem, like, I I think to Ross's point is that we can all agree it's bad in December, but they can't agree where to put it. And I am not in favor of moving it up to the summer That'd be beforehand. terrible. It's easy. Yeah. Put it in, like, two weeks. Put it after the Super yeah. Bowl. Put it. Yeah. And yeah. Just, I, then I had, well, I had an AD say, well, we ha you know, we have a lot of sports. We don't want football, the attention for football taking away from other sports. We have these other winters. And I'm like, what is driving this train? Like, 53 million people watched the Chiefs and Bengals <laughs> on average. It peaked at 60. Yeah. That's because the NFL does this all year. They don't make a bad move the whole year. There's some things I hate about the NFL. Obviously, there's, you know, but they spread out the calendar and they become a national obsession. So yeah. this is what's driving the financial train. It's this old argument, right? Um, how football is driving everything in college sports but is still connected to college sports and, and is still tethered to higher education and it just again you know we can't say it enough but it that there seems to be a breaking point it, but it's the same conversation it pops up all the time well we don't want to do we, we got to do all our sports the same everything's got to be the same when it really doesn't and shouldn't and, and we're starting to see that change slowly you know the transformation committee develop some things that that separate the sports a little more federate it more i know at some point we're going to get to the uh op-ed written about about some of this which was really interesting yeah so then you have like yeah every school there's different signing periods for different sports just do this right anyway this is what we got it came yesterday not much happened because everybody committed early which was we all predicted when they started and said, oh, only like 20% of the kids will commit early in December. It's just for the kids that are truly committed. Like, no, it's not. Everyone will do it. It's a gold rush. If you move it to July, everyone will commit in July, except for a few of your top guys, whatever. And that, that'll be a mess because then they'll be dumping recruits to get transfers. And uh, I mean, that'd be a mess. One more thing on, on signing day. I think this was interesting. 
is you know the NCA move removed the signing cap. You know, it used to be twenty five, and it was a pretty strict twenty five man signing uh, class limit for everybody. They removed that because there were so many transfers. They they wanted to give the ability to replace transfers in an unlimited fashion, and and we saw like signing classes that were pretty massive. Yeah, uh, Houston Nut finished off yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Houston Nut. You know, Houston <laughs> Nut. Obviously, famously, I think he signed like thirty-five players. I think it was thirty-seven in, or thirty-nine. 30, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in uh, two thousand nine, and they put the cap in. Uh, the SEC made like a basically made a rule, uh, and we saw yesterday Arizona State had forty-six. 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 Goodness. Yeah, and gracious. a lot of these schools are going to be new coaches. You know, but in that's fact, the transfers top, too, yeah. right? Yes, it's yeah, transfers as well. Yeah, yeah, including Stanford transfers. had like twenty-seven. Um, yeah. that, that's again new new coaches in yeah. places where people had transferred out in droves. You know, right, right. They I think the top, a lot of players. probably f- the top three are new coaches: Arizona State forty-six, Colorado forty-three, Nebraska Ooh. forty, Oregon thirty-nine, Oregon Oklahoma both thirty-nine, I believe, Mississippi State thirty-seven. Memphis also 37. So, yeah, we that's an interesting trend to watch. Uh, keep in mind, the NCAA lifted the salary cap, uh, the, the signing limit and the salary cap. Look at me. <laughs> that was a, the that salary was a good cap. Freudian slip. <laughs> Great slippage there. Uh, <laughs> lift, lifted the signing day cap only for two years. And they're going to reevaluate it. So it'll be interesting right. to see what they think after the first uh, couple of years. I believe this is the first year of it or maybe it's the second year now that i'm thinking uh, all the years are running together but they'll look at it again reevaluate it and see if they'll uh put some kind of cap or whatever on it it's hard to go back now it's hard i think it's hard to put a cap on it now guardrails <laughs> yeah, again another committee meeting a little fruit tray a little coffee bar at the <laughs> out in the law on the hallway outside the meeting <laughs> Fantastic. There always is a coffee bar fruit tray. The fruit Keeping the there, resort right? hospitality people in, employed. Nobody eats the kiwi. I can pile <laughs> the kiwi on there. They just want the melon and the strawberry. In the morning doing? now, I've noticed they're putting the kind bars, you know, the little breakfast bars. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, get a little true. breakfast bar if you'd like. <laughs> the fruit tray industry has lived off of the NCA for a long time. The fruit tray industry of Florida. The fruit tray industry. Oh <laughs> All right, God. so... <laughs> the big the big signing yesterday was Nicholas Harbor, a uh, unbelievable athlete. Have you seen any of the video of this kid? He's from Washington D.C., but he has uh, signed with South Carolina, uh, and it, you know Michigan was involved for a little while. Maryland really was hoping to get this guy. Couldn't pull off the local recruit. They do pretty well in the DMV, but couldn't get this one. It came down to Oregon and South Carolina. He is six foot five, listed at 225. He is a track star. Uh, yep. And if you want to just like have your jaw hit the floor, you know, it's almost the famous bit on, you know, watch Jadavian Clowney high school tape. Watch this kid run. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not possible. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching some of it. We'll keep There's receiver, a little huh? Usain He'll... Bolt. You know how Bolt was like all the all the sprinters were like kind of these. I don't want to call them skinny. There's all muscle, but they're yeah. slighter of frame, right? Yeah. Right. And then Bolt came along, and you're like, "What in the world is this?" It's a, there's a little bit of Usain Bolt in him. He's not as fast as Usain Bolt, 
but no man has ever been fast as Usain Bolt. But yeah, I mean, that, this, this tape is insane. So incredible athlete. And one of the things in his recruitment uh, was where to play him because he's a defensive end is what he is. He should play defensive. He is, he, I, the NFL would probably draft him right now and, and work him out. You just can't find this. You can't find a guy like this. So he is he's a defensive end, but he's played tight end too. So maybe he's a tight end. And South Carolina's kind of talking about using him as a wide receiver, mm. splitting him out more to save his legs and like keeping him in track shape because he wants to run at the Olympics in track. Oh my goodness. Which is why it kind of came down to Oregon and South Carolina. Oregon's obviously got a great track program where right. I think some of the you're coming to Alabama and then they're just, you know, you're playing, get, get your hand in the ground, son. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a lineman, but he's an incredible athlete. But regardless of what he does, he's maybe he's like a Kyle Pitts plus if, you know, yeah. I don't want to Kyle Pitts is absolutely ridiculous, but even he wasn't this fast, whatever it is, he's going to be in Columbia, South Carolina, and is a huge get for Shane Beamer and the, the Gamecock program, which has been surging. I want to overplay it. He's the only top hundred player they signed, you know, Georgia and Alabama are not quaking in their boots because Nicholas Harbor went to South Carolina, but this is the, like you can see it building at South Carolina. And this is a really important five-star. They've already locked up a bunch of the best players in state next year, even though Clemson's still going, they've got the a quarterback they beat Tennessee and Clemson at the end of the year. Lot going on for Shane Beamer and the uh, Cock Commanders. Yeah. <laughs> huge, yeah, no, huge get for them. That's uh, Beamer. Boy, oh boy, he just continues to kind of prove himself. You know, on the field, they have gotten better and better. And then recruiting, he has done a great job. And I did just watch the video of him running a a hundred meter dash or hundred yard dash, and holy night, he's like. 10 inches taller and 50 pounds heavier than everyone else. And he's still really fast. So uh, it's big. And, you know, there's really only one way in the SEC East to chase Georgia. And that's just to try to get studs, man. I mean, then you hope you can scheme them up well enough. But, I mean, Georgia is where it is. And Florida is where it is because of recruiting success and recruiting failure. And so if you want to go at the Bulldogs – that's the only way to get there. Start getting some of these guys, and to pull a guy out of DC is really big. We'll see. I, I can't imagine he's really going to make an Olympic track team. That's a whole other deal. It tends to be a little bit unrealistic for some of these football guys to think they can run track at a super elite level. But give him a shot, and let's see what happens. But I can't wait to see him in a football uniform. Yeah, we we talked about it before about Shane Beamer and what he what he's done there it's it's been really impressive and i think south carolina's ranking as far as the team recruiting rankings are at 16 and here are the teams that they're ranked better than auburn michigan tcu just played in the national championship game florida state nebraska even old uh, yeah, these aren't including. Tra- Actually, I'm looking. I'm just making sure these are including transfers. But uh, if they're, those are not recruited. Uh, no, they're not. not. This is a this is a normal. Yeah, I was about to say Ole Miss isn't it's, that it's, low, <laughs> but it's yeah, just it's high school. Yeah, it's hard to do this anymore. 
I know. I know. It's, I know. it's, it's like, yeah. well, our draft class is, you know, it's like grading a draft class for the yeah. NBA. And it's like, well, you also signed Kevin Durant, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm really worried yeah, they about split our second up, round like, pick is better than your second round pick. Like, yeah. so. But. Yeah, 24-7's got three. You got, you got the, you, you, there are three team rankings. They're the transfer, they're the high school, and then there are the combined. Composite Combined talent. team rankings. Yeah. Yeah, but either either way, yeah, impressive haul for for South Carolina, and and you can you can see it how it's building, and this is exactly how you build it. I mean, just just win wise, you see that they've made progress every year, and with wins come usually come commitments like like this. Yeah, Beamer, he got another good lineman out of DC area, and obviously the Beamer family, you know, feasted on his dad was you know, really strong up in Washington, D.C. when he was at Virginia Tech. And I think Shane recruited it when he was at Oklahoma. I think he offered this kid like an eighth grade when he's still like the <laughs> special teams coach. At, so not that, the, I mean, this is the easiest offer ever, right? Yeah. The DMV, it's forgotten sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell forgotten. you, Michigan's done well. They've gotten some big studs Ohio out of there. State, so, Penn State. Yeah. They all go yeah. to Penn. A lot of them go to Penn State. You a lot know, of them go yeah. to Penn State. Yeah, incredible talent there. I think it's the best basketball market in the country. It's um, phenomenal. But so anyway, really good for Shane Beamer to get that. And you know, I think with South Carolina, it's just one of those programs that we've all been there. Like the stadium, even though it's off campus, fantastic atmosphere. Just incredible. Yeah, they right? get it rocking. They really do. Fans are all there. This it's got a city. You know, it's not. It's not New York City, but by SEC standards, it's a city. And yeah. that can be appealing to kids that don't, you know, does a kid from Washington, D.C. want to go to a tiny college town? Maybe not, but maybe this is the bridge. I always thought Knoxville had that little bit of an advantage, Baton mm-hmm. Rouge in a small way. You know, right. you're not, you know, you're not just totally isolated. It's got the passion. It's got great, you know, South Carolina doesn't turn out a gazillion players, and you've got Clemson right there. But you are well positioned. Everyone recruits your state, but at the same time, you're halfway between, kind of halfway between Georgia and or Atlanta and 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 Charlotte. And you know, I don't I don't think South Carolina is going to win the national championship anytime soon. But I do think in an extent expanded playoff, and if this keeps surging, they're a potential playoff team, and that has not been the case for a long time. He's building the. The blocks to that, at least. Yeah, there really isn't any good reason other than established precedent why South Carolina can't be as good as Tennessee. You know, Tennessee might even have fewer prospects in their state than South Carolina does, especially if you fold Charlotte into the state, which it kind of is. I mean, it's right on the border of South Carolina. And Tennessee's, a lot of Tennessee's are way in Memphis, 500 miles away. Right. So yeah, which it's is like almost in the a different state, state. but yeah. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, the potential's there and kind of has always been there. R- rarely has been fulfilled or realized, but it doesn't mean it can't happen. All right. The other big headline was Jaden Rashada has committed. I don't believe he, I don't know if he signed yet, whatever, but seems so. Even if he does, I, I'm not sure he can. He's already signed at least one letter. This is commitment oh, okay. number three, at least, isn't it? Commitment three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Seems like this one is where he's going. 
Just want to keep this short. Let it be known. I'll be attending Arizona State University, my childhood dream school, my father's alma mater, a place where I'm happy and a school where the head coach, new head coach Kenny Dillingham, has always had my back. Glad to truly be home. Dillingham, I'm sure, recruited him when he was at Oregon. Uh, he was the Oregon uh, offensive coordinator who returned to his alma mater, Arizona State. I know this about Kenny Dillingham is he got Dante Moore to come to Oregon. And once he left, Dante Moore didn't go to Oregon anymore. He went to USC. I mean, UCLA, UCLA. my bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So QBs love Kenny Dillingham. I'll, I'll, I'll feel good about that. He's now recruited two of the best in one year. Uh, obviously, Rashad is the one that had the the $13 million alleged offer from Florida that fell through and the Gator Collective fell apart. And so was then uh, free on that. I can get to what Napier said. Uh, Billy Napier at Florida talked about it. We can talk about that. But just in terms of for Arizona State, which another school we've sat around forever and go, why the heck isn't this place a juggernaut? How big is getting this kid? And he's from California, too. So where they have to recruit well. How, how good do you feel about this, Ross? Yeah, I mean, you got you to gotta feel great. You know, when uh, Kenny Dillingham was hired, I think it was uh... – made pretty clear that he's, you know, he's going to bring in transfers. He's going to do it, you know, a certain way and, and get transfers in. And, and I think I was just l looking at uh, that list of biggest signing classes, right? And they're number, what, number one. Yeah, for, <laughs> they brought in, brought in 46 new players. Pretty incredible. It'll be interesting to see about Jaden Rashada's eligibility. I, I think they're good at quarterback right now. They don't necessarily need him to be eligible in 2023, from what I understand talking to people over there. But, you know, you sign a national letter of intent and you're, you're kind of bound and you've, you've, got, you've got to get a waiver maybe in order to be eligible that season somewhere else, wherever you didn't sign that national letters, letter of intent. I assume that Arizona State will pursue that waiver. And I don't know if Kenny commented on this at all yesterday but i'm assuming they'll pursue some kind of waiver request and you would think given the public like the publicity of all this and what happened at florida that he will get a waiver granted and he'll play but that's an interesting kind of wrinkle to follow going forward yeah uh, in, in if past precedent means anything when waivers have been handed out like halloween candy he will probably get one but I do think there is that hurdle to go through. And, Ross, I want to ask you this question, too. If the NCAA is cracking down on NIL pay-for-play and he signed an agreement for $13 million before ever setting foot on campus and doing anything to earn the NIL money, could he be under investigation? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, and I saw Billy Napier said that he doesn't anticipate NCAA hearing from the NCAA. It, the <laughs> word anticipate is doing a lot of work in that <laughs> sentence because I think he probably should anticipate hearing from the NCAA. In in Jaden Jaden Rashada, Jaden Rashada's recruitment has been obviously we talked about it. It started at Miami with his commitment to Miami. You know, so I think he's been. I think the NCAA is very aware of, of Jaden Rashada even before the Florida stuff. I think they were aware of his recruitment and were uh, looking into to his recruitment. And it doesn't and it involves more schools, from what I'm told, than Miami and Florida, actually. So that's interesting. I, I But I think 
that what you you laid out there, Pat, was that he signed a contract, or even if he didn't sign it, was just offered a contract, whatever, before he signed with the school. Obviously, that's what happened. That's illegal. And the NCAA has made that clear that that is illegal. So I would imagine that the Gator Collective and or the, well, the University of Florida won't be the Gator Collective. They won't hear directly from the NCAA. But the University of Florida, I'm sure, will hear from the NCAA about uh, the Gator Collective in this situation. Me, yeah, I think they'd clarify your terms. Is it yeah. illegal by Florida law or just NCAA? NCAA illegal. I think NCAA yeah. legal, right? The NCAA when you're using illegal. illegal oh. You just mean NCAA violation. NCAA violation, right? But you yeah. know what? You bring up a good point about the Florida law. I'd have to go back. All the laws are so different. I had to go back and look at what the law says when it comes to a recruit being offered a deal before he signs or arrives on campus, but it might be true. Uh, that might be right. It might be some violation of the law. Here's the thing. No attorney general is going to prosecute his own public school. So the, that's the thing. The laws don't matter. You you hear, you hear administrators, God bless them, but you hear them talk about how they use the differing state laws as a way to say Congress has to help. The thing is, the state laws do differ. Most of them don't differ a whole lot, and it doesn't matter what the state law is in a lot of ways because nobody is prosecuting. No, no state is gonna is has has enforced this. No state has prosecuted their own is gonna prosecute their own public school and put their own public school in their political careers in jeopardy. Uh, that is a tremendous oh. point. yeah (laughs) thank you they find something that sounds good and they go with it this Mm. is confusing it's not really confusing at all no nobody (laughs) cares it's it's different laws on all sorts of things in every state right and so it's like but you generally know what the rule is and you're not going to get prosecuted for it so you know can you if you don't jaywalk don't walk through the middle of the street but if you step one step out on a on a crosswalk, are you there? You know, I mean, different stuff yeah. like that. Good, Pat. Yeah, no, there's just one other point with Rashad, and I, I, I agree with Dana Holgerson, who said yesterday, I think, you know, I'll believe there's going to be NIL enforcement when I see it. So with that as a caveat, still, the Rashada case would seem like a an obvious one to investigate, and... Arizona State has been mired in a major investigation for a long time and maybe reaching resolution. Like, I don't see them saying, ah, screw it. He's under investigation. We're playing him anyway. If they've got another quarterback option, this would seem like a fine time to uh, let Jaden Rashada develop in a redshirt year as opposed to playing him if there's an eligibility issue. So a couple things on this Rashada thing. Uh, Obviously, this is being used as this as this spark because it's a confusing and kind of comical and slightly embarrassing situation. Everyone's screaming, we need rules and we need guardrails. We need legislation. And this is a disaster. Okay. I will go back to my main point. Absolutely nothing bad happened here. A kid is a, a talented young football player will play football next year. Unless the NCA wants to say he can't. The fact and someone is going to air Right. And the fact someone is going to Arizona State rather than Florida is not a threat to the sanctity of college football. He's just playing at a different school. The only reason, I get, 
Florida fan, Florida coach, this is unfair to Florida. They thought they had this, this kid. The only reason he was coming to your school was because this shady group offered him 13 million. <laughs> okay. And then no one is blocking a kid that, and he could still go. He, no one, no one says he can't go there. He could go there for, and not get the 13 million. Maybe he only gets 1 million. Maybe he only gets, he could still go. He only wanted to go because they were paying you, paying him, and it didn't work out. So now he's gone. Nothing bad has happened. If he loved Florida, no one has stolen your recruit. You never would have got the recruit. And he could easily play football there and stay and enroll and say, I want to be a Gator and we'll work this all out. He doesn't. So nothing bad happened. And it gets used and they go, well, we need rules. What is the rule? What rules should we have here? If the rule is you can't offer the kid $13 million, then fine, you can't. Guess what? They, it fell apart anyway, and the, the same resolution occurred. He's not going to Florida. If they couldn't contact him and tell him, here is your $13 million offer, guess what he would have done? Not gone to Florida. So the, res, the system resolved itself. And maybe he ends up saying, you know what? I'm a kid from California who's a four-star quarterback, and I'm going to go play for this highly regarded offensive, young offensive coordinator who everybody likes. And quarterbacks, I wanted to go play for him at Oregon, but he got a better player in Dante Moore. But now he's at Arizona State where my dad went and is an awesome place to play football, and I'm going to go there. Left to the vacuum, if we had every single rule that they could possibly imagine and 100% compliance and enforcement, guess where Jaden Rashada might have ended up? Exactly where he ended up. So all of this other stuff is just smoke. It's nothing. Who cares where he went? At the end of the day, he's going to Arizona State. And there's no rule that would change the end dynamic. It's just sort of like, well, this is thing. now. In the past, and we all know this, and so doesn't everybody in college athletics, by the way, boosters promise recruits like Jaden Rashada money to come to their school. They let's say they said they'll give you 13 million. They gave them 10 grand and then stiffed them on most of it. And the kid couldn't say a word or do anything because the NCAA's rules blackmailed him and extorted him to stay. He had no recourse. Now the player has a recourse to say, I'm out of here. And that is a positive. The old way was a negative. And every single person with any awareness in college athletics that's been around has heard those stories and knows it happened. So what's the problem here? This is a positive step. Nothing bad happened except some of it's out in the open now. But at the end of the day, all the rules, all the laws you could possibly invent, guess what the resolution is? The exact same thing that happened. You don't need these rules. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. 
BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Yeah, I mean, look. Welcome to my TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) Chaos, Dan. Chaos. Tell me. Guardrails. Tell me where I'm wrong. What happened here? So, look, here's the only thing, all right? It's like, yeah, if there's an NCAA rule that says you can't offer money before they get into school, then there's the problem. But we can argue that we can philosophize over whether that rule should exist or not. That's the bigger issue. But as long but as that rule's out on the anyway. Book, well, d- yeah, but again, there may be repercussions, right? I mean, so they're going to punish Florida? Who may, doesn't know, know what this collective is they doing? May punish Jane, they may go to Jane Rosada and say, your eligibility is in question. You need to sit until we resolve this. Yeah, That would that. be the thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if that's where we're trying to nail Jaden Rashada, don't take don't someone offers you 13 million, don't take it. Uh, I mean, what how is Florida at fault? Do you think Billy Napier wanted this clown show collective to over offer a thing and go through this? Guy was humiliated yesterday at his press conference. He spent more of his press conference talking, trying to like come up with good PR that his own boosters stuck him with. <laughs> Than talking about all the kids they signed. Yeah, I mean that. Well, that's the dynamic that this whole, as we've talked about, this bizarre trying to thread the needle of yeah, you can pay the players, but we can't really know about it. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. If you're trying, gonna try to have that set up, then you're asking for this sort of thing. Yeah, like they're they're in. I've heard lately, especially after that, my story ran on Monday about the NCAA enforcement, like cracking down and lowering the standard and all this stuff. I heard from a lot of ads actually, who who brought up a really good point, and it is wait a second, you know, on one hand they're telling us we cannot communicate and coordinate, and in in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, it, have anything to do with our collective, but yet. We get we will get penalized potentially for something our collective does because we don't have enough coordination with them or oversight. So it's a good point. In you know, it's just it's a good example of kind of this weird situation that college sports is in right now, where they're in this like. We don't know if we're amateur. We don't know if we're professional. We're in this purgatory type of situation. But it's a great point by ADs that, you know, their schools will get penalized for something the collective is doing and they can't coordinate with the collective. Now, my rebuttal to that, kind in a way, was with the specific AD, AD and I had a back and forth was, well, it's the same as the old rules. If your booster gets caught paying cash to someone or illegally doing something, you get penalized because you're not, you know, you're 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 not. Uh, what, is it, what do they call it? You're not policing your boosters or or whatever. So in a way, it's kind of like that as well. But the whole thing is is kind of messy that they can't have any coordination. But the thing here's the thing here's the thing. We know that they're having coordination. Like we know they're communicating with them. Most places are um, now. There are places that aren't. In fact, I thought it was a really interesting comment cardell jones the former ohio state quarterback went on the radio in columbus and said basically said ohio state is not cooperating with us like they're not offering us support when schools like florida alabama texas their schools are working hand in hand and partnering with their collectives 
And he said, Ohio State's not. So there are some places where the athletic director or whoever, the school president, is saying, no, we are not going to have any communication. We are not going to help them in any way. Uh, And then, but there, but most schools, they are, they, they know what's happening and they're communicating with them. I mean, how would you do this without communicating? What if Oregon's collective offered Kenny Rashada the $13 million and and Oregon and Dan Lanning sitting up there going, no, 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 no. I want, I want Dante more. Right. Like right. I don't, don't give, if that headline hits that this kid's now committing, be, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Like then, or, or Dante Moore, now obviously didn't end up there, but he was going, wait a minute, 13 million for him. Whereas like you, there has to be, how do you know who they want? Like you can sit there and say, I want this kid, but it's like, well, you know what? Florida didn't get any benefit of getting this kid who wasn't really into going to Florida. He was into, you know, so I don't know. But this goes back also what you just said about, and and this is why I don't know why they didn't think this thing through before. I don't understand the reasoning. Uh, I did talk to a few people this week about it, including at the NCAA, but I don't, I still don't understand the reasoning of we're guilty and we're presumed guilty until we prove we're innocent. In the past, if it was a booster went out, a rogue booster went out there and just was dealing money around, you had to prove in some level that there was a little coordination or the coach even knew them. Because like everyone is a booster if you graduate from the school. They're, they're deemed, I believe, by at least they used to be, NCAA rules, well, you're automatically a booster, right? I thought it was you yes, just, so even if you donate a dollar, right? Right. You, then you're classified. Representative yeah. of so the if school's I go athletic out, interests. Right. Yeah, if I yeah. go out and drop money on a recruit on behalf of the University of Massachusetts, even though I have never had any contact with the football office, and then they come in and go, you're busted, put him on probation. It'd be like, well, you, it was. Does, 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 do they even know this guy? Like, you can't do that, right? So there was a some common sense bit on that. I just, I, to, to for the schools to sit there and say, we should have no interaction with this group that has money that's, that is dallying around and then anything they do i'm presumed guilty like that's crazy they're going to hate this 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 initiative so much i don't even know the nca is not going anywhere but if there's anything that could kill it it's that (laughs) because this is the dumbest initiative like these these schools are gonna go i was so scared texas a&m was getting everybody guess texas a&m getting crap this year they didn't get nearly what they used to right there's a boogeyman out there stealing all the recruits. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, crap, it's us. <laughs> Here's the rule. Guess who it's busting? Me. And they're going, wait, wait, I don't even know this guy. I don't know. This is, it's a dicey rule. But nothing happened here. I'm just. It was, I think I might have said this when we talked about it Monday, but, you know, it was, uh, from what I understand, it was their idea. I mean, it came from the NIL subcommittee, which was made up of deputy athletic directors and athletic directors from Ohio State, from Florida. Actually, the deputy at Florida, Linda Teeler, is the, I believe, is the chair of the NIL subcommittee, actually. Yes, yes. And, you know, yes. yeah, in Colorado, there's an AD from Colorado, AD Colorado is on that. So they, they in, you know, I think. The way it, I think I, the way it went down is NCAA schools were clamoring to the NCAA enforce something, enforce something. We need penalties. We need we need policing on this. And the NCAA enforcement said, well, given the current rules and the way the enforcement standard is for a violation, we can't do as much 
if they were changed, maybe we could in, you know, the subcommittee recommended them being changed. My guess is they will severely, severely regret that. Well, uh, if if they actually enforce. We'll see. We'll see, yeah. I mean, if yeah, they actually. I guess you know, I go back to this simple question and the Jaden Rashada situation, which has been held up as the the canary in the coal mine of a total disaster. What is the solution that you wanted out of this? And did that solution get reached? Trust the free market. It worked out in the end. And if he had to go to Florida for a year and then get stiffed, okay, that's on him. Don't agree to shady deals. The deal seems too good to be true. Don't take it. That's how the world works. And you have recourse if you signed a contract. You have legal recourse. You have all sorts of recourse. In the past, they didn't have that recourse. And all of these schools did this to recruits. They all stiffed them. The boosters stiffed them. We're going to give you 100 grand. That's why they would be like, I want the bag of cash now, right? It's like something <laughs> out of the wire. It was right. You Don't know, mess I with mean, prop Joe, but that was right. it. Top, especially in basketball, they they, they would get oh. the money so far up front. It'd be like, all right, five thousand for a transcript, ten thousand yeah. for an in-home visit, fifteen thousand for an official visit. Yeah, you got and the they, money. And, in and the coaches would complain about that. They would complain yeah. like, "This oh, is yeah. ridiculous. They're charging yeah. me five grand to have the home visit, right?" And mm. you're like, "Yeah, because you're gonna your guys are gonna stiff them." You can't be like <laughs> seventy five grand once you sign. I give you fifteen, you're done. You yeah. you have no recourse. And again, everyone in college athletics knows that. And if you don't know that story, ask around because yeah. it's there's hundreds of them. Yeah. They pay for the kids, their fan. They take over the family's electric bill right. early, and, now, yeah. and then shut it off if they if they if they didn't sign. Hey, I'm paying your gas bill every month. Guess what happens when you when you don't sign with us? Oh, yep. mom's late on the gas bill. You're gonna get a little Heard cold exactly tonight. Exactly that, except it was a cell phone bill in uh, in a place in the south. Two two rival SEC schools. Yeah. Kid Stuff was committed, that, but he took a took a visit to to the rival, and the phone got shut off. Shut off, light <laughs> shut off. All that <laughs> stuff just- happened. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, it just means more, Pat. It just means, <laughs> and that's more. in basketball <laughs> or that's less. Ba- Actually, yeah. that was a football one. All right, I mean, well, Dan, you bring up a good point. It, they have legal recourse, and it'll be interesting to see if they use that legal recourse because you would think they sign a document, binding contract document, contractual document, that they do have a legal resor- recourse. I keep waiting for. News to come out that uh, they filed the families filed a lawsuit. I know that they had originally spoken to a pretty high profile lawyer about a lawsuit, but uh, nothing's happened so far. Well, we'll see. I just this is better. I just don't. I think they're 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 making rules on an imaginary problem, and they're they're looking for solutions that are already working themselves out. So, good luck. But when one of these schools gets absolutely hammered because the presumption of guilt. And I get it. Like you can't, the NCAA's a, a power comes from its ability to make coaches and administrators comply. You sign something where they can, they can access your bank records. They right. can access your phone records. They can access your social media, I think, and, and check your communication. You try going after a regular guy who's just a, a business owner who's involved in a collective and say, hey, we're the NCA. Please hand over your bank records for the last 18 months. <laughs> right. Doesn't work so out. So now yet. they're saying you're guilty. You need to prove you're innocent by showing us your bank records. Right. I, I 
I don't even know if this could. It's a hell of a concept. Whatever. It is shocking they agreed to it. It's a great. I mean, I don't the NCA guys. I don't blame them. Like it's like we're gonna ask for this. Think they'll go for this? Like, yeah, John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. John <laughs> Duncan. Like, I mean, he's pretty excited. I mean, he. I would he, be. Uh, he said it's a pretty powerful yeah. tool for yeah. them to use, and they're using yeah. it. Yeah, the Chinese government is not not lacking for <laughs> surveillance abilities. I don't think they sit around and go, we don't have enough power to find out what's going on. Uh, yeah. Uh, good Lord. All right. Anyway, that was signing day. Yeah, 42 uh, minutes later. <laughs> we get no, on the NIL. Um, man, we get on the NIL train. It, it doesn't. That's all uh, anyone's talking about. I know it's down. kind of boring, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, I mean, know. nothing People happened. Alabama. Right. Not one, Georgia two, Texas three, Oklahoma four, Ohio State five, LSU six, Miami. I mean, you know, uh, I saw Ralph Russo put a thing out. He did the average, <laughs> the average top 20, the schools that had the average top 20 classes from like a six, seven year period before NIL, 17 of them, 17 of the 20 were in the last two hit the average since NILs come out. Yeah. So, so. the same schools are doing fine. I pointed out. Rivals had 32 five-stars this year, usually around 32 to 36. 18 different schools signed a five-star. The, 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 the initial cry about NIL would everyone will go to one school. Everyone will go to three schools that are paying. 18 of them went. The past uh, X number of years, it was 16 last year. It was 16 and 21. It was 17 and 20. It was 16 and 19. It was 11. Only 11 schools signed a five-star in 2018. Only 12 signed it in 2017. Not much has changed. If anything, it's distributed slightly more. Yeah. So again, we is this a real problem the or is this a pretend was, problem? Could be the way it works out. Yeah. Right? Get Tuberville. We have to stop <laughs> nothing from happening. We need federal <laughs> law to make sure that nothing changes. We have to stop this nothing changed. It's radical. <laughs> All right, fascinating one on this. Not a an NIL, but a transfer. Sam Heward, Brock Heward's son. It's a Washington Husky recruit two or a year ago. Was it a year ago? I don't know. Top four. He was the number 15 overall prospect on ESPN, five-star recruit from the class of 2021. Okay, so two years. He has been a backup at Washington. Obviously, is not going to start this year with uh, Michael Penix returning. He has hit the transfer portal and he transferred to dun 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 Cal Poly. <laughs> he transferred down to an SCS program, Cal Poly, uh, excellent academic university. His the offensive coordinator at Cal Poly is his old head coach at Kennedy Catholic High School uh, outside Seattle. So he is following his high school coach to the FCS level. And that's where he's going to play this year and maybe two years, whatever. So he has this one-time transfer. Presumably he can transfer again. I don't, I don't know whether this rule has come into effect, but if he graduates, he could transfer somewhere else. Maybe he transfers back to Washington. Maybe he goes somewhere else. Did I, I thought the transfer portal would help spread out talent. And it has, I did not think it would reach Cal Poly getting a five-star recruit. <laughs> fascinating i don't think this is going to be a trend but this is interesting that he's like i'm gonna play here right pat yeah yeah oh it is fascinating absolutely uh just quick clarification brock Hewitt's his uncle 
Uncle, um, I'm sorry. Like, my bad. My bad. Uh, there's like 19 Heward quarterbacks uh, yeah. that have come out of I'm sorry. Washington, He's the son know, of so. Damon Heward. Yeah, another quarterback. Also played in the Washington. NFL a little yeah. bit. Yeah, my bad. Right? Heward family tree. And, yeah. yeah, no offense. So. You should, I screw up every – I can't even name Coach Sweeney's name. So I <laughs> – 23andMe. Uh, the 23andMe yeah. of the Heward family. <laughs> It's like the Tuiasa Sopos. It's impossible. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. Another Tuiasa Sopos here. Anyway, sure. go ahead. It is really interesting to me. The, the, I, I wonder, yeah, we'll see. I guess he would have to graduate, although, once again, transfers tend to happen. Waivers tend to appear. But if this is a, I want to go play football, and I want to play with a familiar coach, I don't want to sit on the bench and hold a clipboard for another year, so I'm going to go play, and then when Michael Penix does clear out at Washington, I can go back there and be the starter, kind of like Ben Bryant did at Cincinnati. He was the backup to Dame uh, to oh, I'm blanking Kyle on his Ritter. name. Yes, Desmond Ritter. Thank you. Yeah. Who kind of surprised a lot of people by sticking around for his last year instead of going pro? And so Ben Bryant's like, well. I thought I was going to start. Now I'm not. I'll go to Eastern Michigan and be the starter there, and then come back this year after. Desmond Ritter clears out and be the starter. That could be the case. I don't know. Maybe he just he wants to play. Maybe he wants to stay there. I don't know. But but at least it's going to get him on the field. But it is a fascinating move. And, you know, I think we've seen a greater market for FCS quarterbacks to move up and get good uh, starting positions at the FBS level. Washington State had the kid uh, – Cam Ward, I think it was, uh, this last year, and then we've had some in previous years, too. So there's all kinds of mo- upward and downward mobility for quarterbacks now. This this reminds me, although this case probably wouldn't exactly fit into this concept, but uh, I remember being on the phone maybe last year with Todd Berry, the AFCA executive director of the Coaches uh, Association, and he mentioned that he su- suspects – that uh, the the group of five and even the FCS would, under the new transfer rules, would kind of turn into like the minor leagues for the big the big schools, so to speak. And I don't know that I don't know that we've seen a ton of that I, so far. But this reminds me, like this kind of is a good maybe maybe a somewhat of an example of that. Like player goes up to the big leagues, right? Doesn't doesn't get on the field. Wants to go back down to the minor leagues so he can get on the field and might be re-promoted at some point up to the big leagues again. I guess we'll see if it happens, but it's an, it's an interesting, uh, interesting thing that, uh, we might see a trend, a trend there in the next few years or so. That's again, that's the, um, as Dan said, you know, that's the, what the transfer portal gives. It does taketh, but it, uh, it, it gives and it, uh, spreads out the talent like we've seen, especially at the quarterback position. Pretty interesting. If I'm like Jacksonville State and Alabama, I'm like calling Nick Saban and being like, we're the AAA team here, buddy. Yeah. You, got any, <laughs> <laughs> got any guys up there? I mean, uh, you need a couple uh, reps? Come on down. It's <laughs> 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 so all of a sudden a bunch of 6'5 defensive ends. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I who the, the, the other one, I'm sorry. The other one, I thought Bailey Zappi, who's on the Patriots Bailey Zappi did it. Yeah. He was at yeah he was yeah. at our uh, school that had the CVS in the the CVS in the uh, stadium lot. yeah yeah and then he went to uh, Western uh, Western, Western Kentucky yeah, Western Kentucky yeah. yeah yeah all right interesting question posited here we got a lot to get to we're gonna be probably I don't know 
But John Vogel is a NFL draft media guy. And uh, the Senior Bowl is going on this week. And it's sort of some comments, too, by Jim Nagy, the Senior Bowl director. And, you know, we detailed the bender that uh, Stetson Bender Bennett went on the other day uh, in <laughs> Dallas. We've yet to hear any statements from him or anything like that. I, I don't know what to make of this, but it's an interesting question. And I normally wouldn't do this uh, on a on a, a, pl- a college player, but Stetson's now 25-year-old who's a pro. So <laughs> moving on. This is his bit at Draft Vogel. And he just throws this out there. Taking the evidence and putting it together. Stetson Bennett hasn't hired an agent. I believe that to be true, at least at the time of this talking. Never officially declared for the draft. Didn't have to, but guys did this year anyways. Turned down all the All-Star games. And then on top of this incident in Dallas, I don't believe he wants to play professional football. Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl said... He could have really helped himself down here, and I hate to see what happened. My phone was lighting up the other day. Obviously, he's not in a great place because that stuff doesn't happen in a great place. He shouldn't opt out of the Senior Bowl. This is obviously a guy who lives off the Senior Bowl. And then have that happen the day of arrival. If he just comes to Mobile, he doesn't get in any trouble. I don't care what Stetson Bennett does. If he doesn't want to play football, that's fine. He certainly also could say, look, I'm exhausted from the season. But, you know, Max Duggan's there. A lot of guys are there. Thoughts on this theory? Anything? Uh, It's interesting. I mean, when you pile up the circumstances, I guess you would say, you know, having not hired an agent and, and yeah, not performing uh, in Mobile for the uh, Senior Bowl scouts, which is, you know, people say those things are really valuable if they have some significant questions about you. And I think with Stetson, just, uh, yeah, there's a lot of tape, there's a lot of film, and he's, he's pointed that out many times of what he can do. But still, I think, the NFL people like to see guys like him show up in Mobile and answer the questions and do the reps and do all those sort of things. So take the coaching. I mean, Bill Belichick is yeah. coaching one of these teams, right? Yeah, yeah, it's helpful. So I, I, I mean, it at least uh, raises the question of, yeah, is are you really into being an NFL prospect or not? I don't know. I didn't even think. You know, it, it is interesting when you take, when you take all that all that evidence and, and pile it up. It's, it's, it is, uh, it is interesting. You know, I understand the the senior bowl director, obviously wanting a really good player to be at the senior bowl. I just, I don't know. And maybe it's just me that shrugging off. Like, uh, he get, got drunk and walked around the streets at 6am. It could have been much worse, but I don't know that this, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't feel like that this will be a big impact to the, to the draft stock, but, Maybe it's just me, but you. But I, I think Jim Nagy does have a point in that it it would have helped him more probably to be there. And I I'd covered that event for like four or five years in a row. I stopped during COVID and, and haven't gone back. But it's a great event, and and the biggest thing that comes away with it, you know, in, in media the media that are there, you know, we report on what happens on the field, what we see on the practice field and in the game. But like the big stuff happens in the lobby of that hotel in Mobile where scouts sit down with with all the players and have you know get to know them and talk to them for sometimes hours and that's really really important uh for the draft process and he he missed out on that even if you go and don't play and a lot of players go and don't even play in the in the game or maybe can't even practice because of an injury you go and you just talk to scouts it's it's worth it they say yeah i don't know it's kind of it was an interesting theory after the championship game i asked 
Stetson Bennett, what do you want the NFL to know about you? You're looking for a job now. And he was always like, I don't want to talk NFL until this is over, which I thought was in a vacuum, very admirable, right? Mm-hmm. But most players do because why wouldn't you? And even after, he kind of had this like, ah, I don't care. We just won. It was like, there's enough tape out there. They'll know. He didn't really want to answer it. And that's fine. But again, it's like all the little clues, right? All of these things make perfect sense, except when you add them all up and you go, geez. Like, he hasn't had a statement come out saying, look, I made some mistakes on whatever night in Dallas. And, you know, it doesn't reflect me. And we haven't had any of that. So it's like. Again, and that is one thing, like if you have an agent, the agent's going to oh, take care of that. You it's know? solved in, in five minutes, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So There's a statement out, and, you know, can't wait and, to work with the Stetson NFL. Stetson Bennett doesn't want to play pro football. Fine. You got yeah. a million things you can do in your life. You don't have to go sure. play pro football. It's just maybe he doesn't want to. I don't know. Yeah. If he does, he's certainly not acting like uh, he does. No, I he's guess. not. He's not playing the game. That's for sure. He's not playing the, the game NFL's game. game. I mean, he's done it his own yeah. way. But, you know, look at Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurt. A lot of guys yeah. went to that those senior bowls yeah. and did pretty pretty well that had a lot more uh, tape out there. All right. A lot, actually, we had this episode. I just want to get to this quickly. Controversy between the student fan uh, group, the Orange Crush, at the Illinois basketball fans. The Orange Crush had uh, acquired a couple hundred uh, tickets for this weekend's game at Carver Hawkeye Arena in Iowa. And the Orange Crush, I guess they go to one road game and like, you know, bring bring some home love to the thing. Yeah. They released this dramatic statement about how uh, their <laughs> Iowa canceled their, found out it was the Orange Crush had bought these 200 tickets and they canceled the, the ticket order and now they can't get into the game. And they had lost their bus deposit and all this money. And they, this is a big loss for the Orange Crush and, Wah, 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 right? And, it, and, and, and so then immediately, as, you know, internet goes, everyone rallies around this, these plucky <laughs> Illinois kids and big, mean Iowa. <laughs> I always love that. The mean <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes, they're just mean. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Barda is just a mean person. Uh, he's, they're getting crap. So they come back and say, uh, hold on a second. The uh, discounted group ticket order for the Iowa-Illinois men's basketball game on ba- was uh, was made on behalf of an Illinois chapter of the Boys and Girls Club. Following <laughs> up with that organization, it became clear this was not factual. <laughs> when contacting the individuals who made the original ticket order, they admitted to falsely ordering tickets under the nonprofit organization. I guess you can buy oh boy. Uh, things. So they have refunded the original ticket order donated the tickets to the Boys and Girls Club of Cedar Rapids. There we go. <laughs> we look forward to welcoming these kids to a sold out. All right. So not a real people's court, but who do you side on here? I, I think you kind of got to go with Iowa, but is there something plucky about the, <laughs> the, the orange crush <laughs> trying to use the Boys and Girls Club of Illinois? to sneak well, in and win a big 10 plucky is that's plucky is quite a go. way to describe it <laughs> Holy cool. that's full commitment full commitment to the Illini. and i we are willing to basically steal the clout and the 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 care of a, of a of a charitable organization just to heckle the iowa fa- iowa uh players 
Well, since one member of this podcast on our last taping was advocating <laughs> lying as a lifestyle, I would think you'd be fully behind this complete deception. I see and their ruse. point. I see their point. That's all I'm saying right now. I'm not revealing my verdict. <laughs> Look, I, I don't like schools like trying to keep opposing fans from getting their tickets. If you know, like if it's a, if it's if they're for sale for everyone, they're for sale for everyone. But if you're going to misrepresent yourself as representing the Boys and Girls Club, that's pretty scammy. That's pretty scammy. So I got I to gotta side with the Hawkeyes here. Yeah. Give the tickets to the actual Boys and Girls Club. Sorry, Orange Crush. Next time, <laughs> tell them who you really are. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I uh, Although I like Dan's description of plucky uh, to describe plucky. Uh, to describe this move. Crafty. But, uh, uh, I love how, too, the, the immediate social media reaction was, Iowa, no, shame on you, Iowa, you're terrible. And then then the, the uh, I think it was, uh, I don't remember, it was an Iowa beat writer that came out with, oh, this is the other side of the story. Yeah. yeah. Nobody ever wants two sides of the story on social media. They no. just react and fall for it every time. Like, did you really yeah. think? All right, so here's my problem. The Orange Crush was trying to be cheap. That was what they were trying to do. <laughs> they were trying to get yeah, the discount. The discount, right. That's right. really where they lose the argument. If they had just bought 200 <laughs> tickets yeah. and gone in and then, you know, and, and and somehow got a group order under a little bit of murky conditions, like, well, we don't, but they wanted the discount. And that that's it. And that's what got them. And then their initial salvo was completely over the top. I mean, you know the truth. You can't just <laughs> accuse the other guys of being the worst people. I imagine yeah. poor Gary Barda. He's, you know, he's he's there in Iowa. Those he's, are he's three home. words I've never said, poor Gary Barda. Poor Gary Barda. Gary Barda. I feel for Gary. He was home watching the mm. corn stalks in the, you know, in the in the snowstorm. <laughs> Trying and then to decide all... what other sports to cut. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Like you know, uh, getting excited about another year of Brian Ferentz calling the plays. <laughs> I mean, he's he's <laughs> throwing a log on the fire, just doing Iowa things, whatever they do in Iowa, right? Go caucus. He's caucusing. He's loose meat having sandwich. a caucus. <laughs> He's Whatever talking. you do in Iowa, Gary Barter's doing. And all of a sudden, everyone's yelling at him for being this jerk. And now he's like, oh, yeah, watch this. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. That's the thing about the Hawkeyes. You underestimate them. You underestimate That's the right. Hawkeyes. Ah, uh, they're just this soft little thing. And then it's like, no, no, no. We're going to swing it and make the Orange Crush look like a bunch of jerks. And we're going to help the <laughs> underprivileged youth of Cedar Rapids come to a Hawkeye. What could be more wholesome in Iowa than that? Going to come back and sack you for three safeties in a game. That's Take right. That. Go Hawks. <laughs> I, I got a rule on Iowa on this one. Try, good try, crush, but you got cheap. You got cheap, and that's the thing. Most of you guys are paying in-state tuition. You got a little extra bucking. You can, you can afford the full price. That's what you had to learn. But now everyone's up on the orange crush. Like next, I, I don't know where they're going next year. They're going to try to go, right? Yeah, we'll go now, yeah. They game, better, and it's like they're going to Don't see, be looking wait, for those discounts. A 200-person order of tickets from – but honestly, most of these schools, you're like, hey, it's our, we'll take the Orange Crush money. I don't sure. know. Sure. Yeah. All right. Boys and Girls Club, enjoy the game, Cedar Rapids. There Tough you go. break for the Champagne Boys and Girls Club. You get nothing. Orange Crush <laughs> should go down and volunteer 
They the, should. The boys and girls club. Like, get your. You need some good PR. Let me help you. Yep. Crisis two hours down the there Everyone playing basketball and, or yeah. whatever with the Yeah, with do the some kids. puzzles with the kids. Whatever the hell you yep. guys do down there. Do that, and, <laughs> and maybe we'll forgive you on the next episode, which will be next week. So appreciate you all listening. This is already probably too long. I don't know what happens to this show. Continue to subscribe and uh, share share with your friends and uh, all that. Talk to you. Later. Next week, we'll get to the chicken wing embezzlement. Oh, right? yeah, we do have a chicken wing embezzlement. I mean, yeah, yeah we're, we'll, I mean, we'll we're past an hour. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, get to it. We got a whole bunch of stupid stories, but a lot was happening this week. So anyway, we'll stop ta- yelling about NIL, hopefully, <laughs> when they do. <laughs> all right. So, talk to you.